This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey y'all, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 243, recorded Wednesday, November 25th. 2015. Yes, sir, Bob. You are sound like you're in a good mood. Holy crap, it's the 25th already. Of November. That That's means... like a month from Christmas, my it, friend. It's exactly a month from Christmas. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be Christmas before we know it. And in fact, t- t- tomorrow? Today or tomorrow is Thanksgiving in the States, right? Today, Thursday. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Thursday. Today, Wednesday. Today, today is Wednesday. <laughs> tomorrow is Thanksgiving in the yeah. U.S. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the U.S. if you're celebrating that. Uh, make sure you take some time off, get some rest, eat a lot of food, you know, drink a lot if that's your kind of thing or not, and do, thing, uh, yeah. do, do a lot of shopping through our Amazon link. Yeah, because uh, Black Friday is on, uh, on Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving, right? It sure is. And then Cyber Monday. Black Friday, it is only recently become a thing up here in Canada, too. Yeah. Obviously, it's not Thanksgiving for us, but... Black Friday, I say in the last 10 years, has started making its way up here, and now Black Friday is a thing for us as well. So It's even in the last five years. I'm not even sure I've noticed it, you know, more than five years ago. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I think people were talking about it a little bit, but it's it's become a thing that we actually participate in up here. You can go to Amazon Canada, and they're full of Black Friday deals, and yeah. all the stores have Black Friday sales and that. Or Black Friday kind of week sales. Oh, it's not even a day anymore. Now it's a yeah. whole week, exactly. Yeah. Whereas the plumbers like to call it Brown Friday, because it's the uh, the busiest plumber day, emergency day of the year, <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving. Why would that be? <laughs> it's just, there's plumbing emergencies, I think, after a day where people tend to eat uh, quite a bit and drink quite a bit. Interesting Brown Friday. <laughs> that I read is that amazing. today somewhere, that probably is, on Reddit. That is amazing. I heard today that um, the the night before Thanksgiving, like today, basically, is one of the biggest going out to bars nights in the States because everybody has tomorrow off. You know you're going to spend all day lying around on the couch, and then you're going to have a big meal later on. And so... And everyone comes home, right? So they're they're seeing yep. their friends and stuff like that, and they all go out to bars and have a good time. So it's a big bar night down there. Wow, I'd never heard that before, but uh, no, me neither. That's very. Uh, it very also interesting. seems strange because that I don't think that's a thing up here. We have Thanksgiving on the second Monday in October every year, right? Yeah, and um, uh, the Sunday night before is just a regular Sunday, as far as I can tell. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I would think so. I'm not going out. I'm just looking forward to the, the turkey the next day mm-hmm. or the ham. Does anyone eat ham on Thanksgiving? It's always turkey, right? Well, if, uh, around here, uh, I've known people to eat turkey and ham and chicken even. Or right. a turkey stuffed with a chicken, stuffed with a ham. The turducken, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Ham may be more of a Christmas thing, actually. Of course, yeah, Christmas like, we, ham we, is a phrase. We, that's true. We eat turkey on Christmas, too, though, so... Uh, and also fish because I got the European roots on the wife's side and they eat a lot of fish on Christmas. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves in terms of holidays here. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the States. And, uh, here we are. We are here today to review all the listener feedback we got for the last episode of The Walking Dead called Heads Up. It was episode number seven 
on the first half of season six. I can't believe next week is the mid-season finale. Or yeah. This Sunday. This uh, last couple of months have been screaming by. <laughs> screaming. The older you get, Jason, the faster time goes. Yeah, and the, the louder the screaming. The, <laughs> <laughs> the longer you do a podcast, too, the faster time goes, I find. Yeah. But hey, that's and the, okay. And the grayer your hair gets. Yeah, there's that, too. Yeah. All right, let's get started. Sure. Listener feedback. All righty. Our first, uh, first one here is a call, and it comes from Neil in Cumbria, UK. And I just want everyone to prepare themselves. I think there is some bad language in this call, so uh, awesome. here we I'm go. prepared. Good. <clears throat> Hi, Chris and Jason. Uh, just woke up here in the UK and uh, was scrolling through my Facebook news feed when I come across your post for the Talking Dead podcast. Now, you guys are normally really good not giving away spoilers, and I'm always, I always try and flick past it as quick as I can anyways um, to not spoil myself, because I know that in the comments you can't help that. But, oh, you motherfuckers. You <laughs> motherfuckers. Did they pull it off? That fair, fair enough, we all knew it was going to be about Glenn, but then the picture of Enid stood on top of the fucking bin with the bottle of water. Jesus Christ, now I know exactly what's going to happen, don't I? Thanks, guys. Fucking... Ah! <laughs> Love you guys. Peace out. Uh, Neil from Cumbria, UK. Cheers. All right. Thank you very much, Neil. Uh, I would just want to address Neil's Neil's uh, criticism here, and he wrote back later and 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 said, "I'm more awake now, and I still love you guys. Everything's fine." <laughs> no, no, I'll call when you're just when you get up. That's the best. <laughs> That's the best, apparently. Yeah. Um. So he. So every week on Sunday nights after The Walking Dead airs, like right after it finishes, I post on Facebook. A, a quick like, what did you think of the ep this episode? Post, and sometimes that's all I say. What did you think of tonight's episode? Other times I vaguely refer to something that happened within the episode, and I always post a picture too. And those pictures are the official photos that AMC releases, or they're from the group of official photos that AMC releases for the episode. So I do my best to not spoil anything, and I have failed in the past. Um, for example, I posted a picture of Morgan last season on on one of the episodes where Morgan is just in a teaser bit, like at right. the beginning or the end, and uh, I got in trouble for that, and that was totally my fault. <laughs> totally own up to that. Shouldn't have posted a picture of Morgan. Um, but last night, or not last night, on Sunday this week, as uh, Neil said, I posted a picture of Enid, and um, the text I wrote was, Something like, what do you think of tonight's episode? Did they pull it off? Or did they pull it off? Something like that. Right. And so, obviously, I was referring to our discussion about whether they could make Glenn survive and have it be uh, uh, entertaining and realistic or whatever. Um, but in my defense, I didn't say Glenn's name. I didn't post a picture of Glenn. And I posted a picture of Enid, which in some ways I think could be seen as some misdirection on my part. Maybe this episode was all about Enid. Maybe Glenn wasn't even in it at all. So um, so the problem is Neil is too smart for his own good. <laughs> well, maybe a lot of people are, frankly, because I think a lot of people knew what was going to happen in this episode before we even saw it. But um, I'm not saying I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't have maybe 
being a little bit better with the the text I wrote, but I'm just saying that I don't think I was totally, uh, you know, totally overtly spoiled something. Right. So anyways, thank you, Neil, for letting me know. I'll be more careful next time. Just a black uh, banner, just a black banner that says, uh, you know, The Walking Dead or maybe the logo of The Walking Dead. And uh, what did you think of this episode? And put episode in quotes. (laughs) Because <laughs> it might not have even been an episode. <laughs> it, could have, yeah, it could be anything. No, I'm going to continue posting pictures uh, from the ones AMC releases because pictures are nice and pretty, and uh, that's it. And I'll I'll make sure I don't spoil anything with uh, whatever it is I write. But read the next one here, uh, Jason, because this one I think is way worse than what I did. Right. So this is from Jeremy in the UK. So me and my friends always have to watch The Walking Dead on Monday nights because we have a Sunday night. We have Sunday night conflicts. We literally disconnect from society and to avoid spoilers each week. We were so excited to watch this week's episode, but we when we go to amc.com, we see a giant picture of Glenn's face. We all immediately knew that he survived even without starting the episode. I was so disappointed that AMC chose a photo of Glenn to give everything away. The suspense on whether Glenn lived or died was so thrilling and so especially ruined by their website. And so epically ruined by their website. Epically, especially epically. Yeah, those are almost the same. Yeah. Uh, anyways, see, AMC is way worse than me. Now, you know, to be fair, uh, you know, I wasn't spoiled until I watched the first half a second of the episode, right? Like, Glenn Survives is the first half a second of the episode. Yes. Well, well, the first, you it's black screen, and you hear you hear Nicholas say thank you, and then, yeah, you basically see Glenn. Okay, all right. Well, maybe I was taking a little bit of liberty there. Maybe three seconds? No more than that. All right, so three seconds, first three seconds of the episode, you know that Glenn lives. It's not like it's going to be a suspenseful thing all the way through the episode, but there's still no real excuse for spoiler spoilering something that uh, has been suspenseful for the last four weeks. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, AMC, uh, to be fair, it had been 24 hours after the episode aired in the States. Now, it doesn't air that quickly in the UK, and that's where Jeremy is from, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a bigger question. How much responsibility does the network have to not spoil people that haven't watched it yet? Uh, that's a tough call. I don't know. What we need is an international policy on television and movie spoilers. I think so. I think so, that everyone can agree on and and just live with. And then it's up to you to understand the rules and, you know, work within those rules. Right. So it's, I think it should be a hard percentage of the world population. Once the, a, a certain percentage of the world population has seen something, then you can spoil it. Then you can spoil it? Like 0.2%? Is that too much? That might be, a, that might be quite a bit. <laughs> 0.2% of 7 billion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. It is definitely very tough. Anyways. Or something simple, like if I've seen it, it's okay for everybody to spoil it because I've already seen it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's fine. So that's my personal worldwide global spoiler policy. All right. Well, uh, Neil and Jeremy, that's the them's the rules. Once Jason has seen it, <laughs> it's fair game. Yeah. All hopefully right. Hopefully that we won't we won't spoil things. We try not to. We try not to. In fact, in fact, you know, speaking of of spoilers, we have gotten tons of email lately about things 
uh, that are potentially coming up on this show, mostly from comic book readers who are like projecting ahead because of what they know in the comic. And I have tried my best to stay away from all that. So, um, Point number one is, sorry, everyone, if your email doesn't get read, it's just because I feel like it's it's difficult to incorporate into a show that we are, into a podcast, I mean, in which we're trying not to spoil future episodes. Yeah. And even speculation, I, I consider to sort of be a spoiler, especially when it's based on um, knowledge of the comic. Because right. it's, in some ways, this show, I feel like, has gotten easier to predict uh, in the last couple of uh, seasons. And I don't it know... It kind of has. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a Scott Gimple thing. It probably is. He he sticks a little closer to the comic source material. Um, but it's made it more difficult to sort of speculate what's coming up because I feel like I know and all the listeners know a little bit or have a little bit more ability to predict, so it's hard to do. But what I was thinking, Jason, maybe after season uh the mid-season finale like the week after or a couple of weeks after what i might do is go back through the email see if i can pull out five or six or ten um messages that were a little more spoilery and we will do a spoiler filled prediction episode right so for anybody who doesn't care about spoilers or who is completely caught up on the comic um uh, we can do a specific episode for all that feedback yeah exactly and some of it might be looking back at what happened in the mid-season finale and um and and we'll see how that sort of lines up and we can compare maybe what people pr- thought might happen versus what did and some of it might be coming up down the road in the second half of this season so i'll, I'll right. think about that we'll see if we're going to do that and, and uh, if i can get it together Anyhow. so predictions uh you know prediction off the wall predictions are only spoilers if they're right yeah that's the problem but but some but a lot of the times i think they are right especially these days yeah. Right? And so that's so why it's you, so hard. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. All right, let's move on. Next, we have another call from Angie in Birmingham. Hi, it's Angie in Birmingham. Um, I just wanted to address a few things. Uh, when you said Deanna told Rick wrong answer for using them, saving her son as a reason to um, not to run for a car, she didn't mean like wrong answer as in you lazy sod, you doomed us all, you should have just done it. She meant, wrong answer, that's not you, you are the sort of person that saves people, uh, which is what Tara said earlier. Um, So she's trying to reinforce with Rick, he's not a bad person, she can see he is a good man. Um, He's just had to do some bad things in the past, which is, you know, doesn't change who he is at heart, Uh, it just changes who he is in the moment. All right, so... uh... Angie goes on to some other stuff, but I think that's the uh, the the bit I wanted to play there, just about what Deanna meant when she said Rick gave her the wrong answer by saving Spencer just because he was her son. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's something we didn't really sort of pick up on when we watched it the first time. No, because we're adults. <laughs> well, there is that. We're total yeah. dongs. Yeah. <laughs> so next we have a call from Tom in North Wales, UK. Hi guys, Tom Turtle from North Wales in the UK here. Start by saying that I think you gents do a fab job on the podcast and it's really entertaining. I think that Rosita's rant to Eugene, um, uh, what I got out of it was that she was quite worried about um, Abraham. I mean, he could be dead for all she knows, so she was probably a bit feeling guilty about that. She should have been there, you know, that kind of thing. And that she was venting that and getting it all out uh, on Eugene. Yeah, probably a bit unfairly. Thank you, Tom. So... 
Rosie is just projecting her sort of guilt or or disappointment or anger with with uh, Abraham, just projecting it out on other people. Right. So she's just mad. She's not mad at Eugene. She's just mad at something else and taking it out on Eugene. Yes, Eugene is the unfortunate uh, recipient of her rage because he's there. <laughs> See that? That's not fair. No, it's not. And if I mean Eugene of all people too, like the, he's sort of fragile. You gonna make him cry, the poor guy. Make him cry. He doesn't feel like he uh, really fits in. That he has any useful skills uh, other than being really, really smart. But you know, that's not necessarily. Uh, the most useful thing in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, he doesn't have any nunchuck skills no. or bow hunting skills. Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. So uh, poor Eugene, he's he's getting the short end of the stick here on this one. The fuzzy end of the lollipop. Oh, that's not the end you want at all. <laughs> okay, uh, next up is Russ on the internet. Hi, guys. I uh, just want to say I love your show, and I just wanted to say that my holy crap moment is this whole Glenn... Uh, dying living situation that we've been put on hold for the past four weeks. I just cannot believe that uh, Gwen has survived, and I'm very, very disappointed in this show right now. Um, I can't believe that we can name several situations where people have died in much less dangerous situations or even been bitten uh, take, for example, last week, the group of guys that were hunting down Daryl and the other people, and there's a zombie stuck in a rock, and all it takes is, is uh, Daryl, you know, shaking the twig, and a guy who is supposedly as experienced or, you know, has survived just as long um, gets bit by a zombie and has to have his, his, his arm cut off. And, you know, as far as Glenn hiding underneath that garbage dumpster, I just can't believe it either because we, we watched Noah get pulled out from underneath or from a revolving door in a much smaller, smaller gap. Um, I just don't know anymore, guys. I think that uh, the writers and the producers and everybody on The Walking Dead have blown it. Uh, it's almost as bad as the ending of the Sons of Anarchy. Um, and the show's not even over yet, so I'll probably watch again. But uh, yeah, that was that was just horrible. Thanks. Thank you, Russ. So we'll we'll get into a lot more Glenn feedback as we go along here. But uh, I liked how Russ compared it to to last week's episode, where you know there was a there was this guy who was just walking along past a rock, and like yeah. Russ said, he's he survived this long, and yet he just goes past this rock, gets grabbed by a zombie, and he's bit, and, you know, he's done, so. Can you imagine if Glenn got his hand uh, bitten while he was underneath that dumpster and he had to chew off his own arm in order to save his own life? Now, see, that I would have been okay with, I think. That would have been tough, tough to watch, but very entertaining. Definitely tough to watch, but you know what? Put the guy in a horrible situation, a sort of an un imaginably difficult or in unlikely to survive situation and that's what he has to do and that's what he had to do to survive and hey man that might have been a little bit more 
believable <laughs> than yeah. than what did happen. So, or maybe even like get bit on his little finger or something and had to bite it off. Yeah, exactly. Just take just the- a little little teeny tiny bite on the end of his little teeny tiny finger, and he just had to chew his own damn finger off and spit it out. Oh man, see that would have been intense, and that would have been Glenn really, really, you know. Using all the guts he has and and to wanting to live and just wanting yeah. to survive, and then he wouldn't it, he wouldn't have it wouldn't have felt so lucky because he loses a finger, he he still survives, but he's bit, which would have been a little bit more realistic. I don't know. Yeah. So but too late uh, now. I found Russ's call uh, very heart wrenching. It 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 makes me sad to hear him so sad about this show yeah and i'm so disheartened about uh the prospects of the show like he said uh you know i'll probably watch it again once or twice but you know <laughs> it is <laughs> it is, is hard it's a little tough it's tough russ i hope you're feeling better now and uh i hope you do continue watching because i i still think this show has lots of good to lay out on the world Russ, keep watching the show. Keep listening to the podcast. We'll get through this together, okay? We will. And listen, Jason, I don't want to make it sound like we are that down on it. Because episodes come and go. There are great ones. There are not so great ones. And frankly, there have been way more good episodes in six seasons than bad ones. Yes, there has. There's been, yeah, a few missteps here and there along the way, ones that have made me incredibly angry. Uh, this didn't make me angry. It disappointed me somewhat. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, well, we can, we, can, we can get through this. And the funny thing about this episode is it had, it had great stuff in it as well. It had great stuff mixed in with not so great stuff. And, and that doesn't happen a lot. Sometimes when we get a stinker of an episode, and again, there haven't been many, it's usually the whole episode. <laughs> right. You know, I usually try to find something good in it. You want to, uh, you want to find the, the, what is it? The diamond in the rough, but. Diamond uh, in the rough, the, uh, the cloud silver lining. The, exactly. You want to find those things. Um, and, and almost never, almost, ra- uh, very rarely is it impossible to do that for me. So. The apple in the onion patch? That's exactly right. I just made that up. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, next we have a call from Chris in Virginia. The Virginia. Hey, guys, this is Chris in Virginia. My holy crap is holy crap. Did you see that tin can save, Glenn? We've been talking about Chekhov's RPG rolling on in there to blow up a gazillion zombies, and all we needed was a rusty old tin can of green beans. <laughs> Damn, I have had the wrong zombie plan. Well, thanks, guys. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll see somebody else die for real coming up here soon. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye, Chris. Thank you. Uh, all you need is a tin can to survive in the zombie apocalypse, Jason. Yeah, and a, and a can of green beans should be on everybody's survival plan. It should. Zombie apocalypse or not. It really, really should. Thank you, Chris. Uh, all right. We'll get into the emails now. That's it for calls. This one is from Rui in Pittsburgh. I don't think Carol damaged Sam any further. Actually, I think she unknowingly saved him. He was afraid his mom had turned into a monster ever since he saw her kill that wolf downstairs. Now he knows that killing is sometimes necessary and can finally go downstairs. Well, there it is. Yeah, but he, I mean, the way Carol phrased it to him, it's like, Sam, if you don't want to be a monster, you have to kill. And so what's he going to do? He's going to go and kill. And he's not going to discriminate between 
who he's killing. He's just going to kill. Just like uh, Morgan did. Like Morgan he, did for a while. So yeah. Morgan is going to have to swoop in and save little Sam here and impart him with the knowledge that all life is precious. So Carol's on uh, one polar opposite of uh, Morgan at this point, whereas Morgan doesn't want to kill anybody, and Carol's pretty much like, yeah, you got to kill pretty much anybody to survive. Carol wants to kill everybody, exactly. Little kids, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're totally, Stab them in the face. Totally opposites here. Yeah, next we have an email from Christopher on the internet. I haven't missed a Sunday show since its inception. Last week's, last week's episode was the worst ever, and this show unveils my greatest fear, Glenn's alive. Yes, I like Glenn, sure, but one of the things that made this show great that anybody could be killed. Everybody was fair game. It made suspense real. Now it's pop. The clash has gone combat rock, and I couldn't be more disappointed. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty popular feeling out there amongst people that it's just it's just not what it used to be, you know. Yeah. So, thank you, Christopher. Next comes Chris. A lot of Chris's this week in the UK. <clears throat> Chris says, "I'm not claiming this as my thought, but I read somewhere that the attempt to build all this suspense around Glenn's death would work in a movie, and it would work pre-internet, but you just can't pull it off on modern TV." If you're playing fair, you have to give some clues of what's coming, and people pour over every detail, so inevitably the truth will come out, or else you uh, outright cheat, making the saving grace something no one could possibly foresee because the vital information was withheld. This is all a really long way to say that I don't think they've quite pulled it off, but I applaud the attempt to keep us guessing. I'm okay with the show overreaching or being overambitious. There is glory in failure, but I might just think that because I'm British. <laughs> Plus, this whole Glenn's death thing seems to have created more buzz around the show than anything else I can remember. Creatively, I think it just falls short of being a success, but I suspect that the marketing department loved it. There is no such thing as bad press. No, there really isn't. And I think you, Chris, is spot on here that the marketing department was probably like, look at our numbers. Look at the social media impressions we've gotten. Look at how much people are talking about this. Articles are being written. Newspapers. Yeah. Sure, are, the sentiment, sentiment is negative, but who cares? But who cares? People are going to be like, maybe that's something I need to tune into. And they're going to start watching. So, right. that's, Well, that's what Howard Stern did, right? A lot of people uh, listened to Howard Stern because they wanted to know what he would say next, mm -hmm. regardless of whether they loved him or hated him. They just wanted to know what he was going to say next. Yeah, and uh, now they want to know what The Walking Dead is going to do next, because it obviously got people talking. Yeah. All right, next we have Nick in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I knew in my heart it would happen, I'm still so disappointed that Glenn survived his ordeal virtually unscathed. Not one scratch, not one bite, just a night under a dumpster and he's right as rain and fit as a fiddle. I love Glenn as a character, but that was just, uh, that was a rough thing for me to accept. He's got through that so flawlessly, it seems like a cop out there, we all, oh, sorry, it's, <laughs> wow, it seemed like the cop out we all knew was coming. Yes, the cop out. <laughs> Should have hyphenated that. And, and you know, I'll... You, I've been seeing a trend here that everyone's saying, look, I love Glenn. Even I said it. I love Glenn as a character. He's an amazing character. I don't want to yeah. see him die. But I also don't want to be so brutally manipulated that when he is dead, just leave him dead. Um, and I, I think, think we need to draw a line here. 
What do you mean? I think we need to draw a line between uh, the the show and the production. Because uh, from a story point of view, sure, we can. Uh, I can live with Glenn as an unknown quantity. We don't know whether he's alive or dead. But the the way the production wa- presented it to us, with the removing his name from the credits, but not showing him on the in memoriam uh, section, or uh, you know, not saying he's alive or dead, or just kind of playing with us outside of the story. Mm-hmm. That's the problem I have inside of the story. You know. Oh my God! What happened to Glenn? Is better. You're right. That's and and that's sort of what I was saying. Like AMC mishandled this, and but within the show, within the story, it's not necessarily a bad thing what they did. I still think yeah. they put the episodes out of order, or 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 they structured the season out of order. They needed to move the Glenn reveal up a little bit instead of leave it for a month. Yeah. But you're right, within the story, it's not a bad thing to have ambiguity and a cliffhanger and then a big reveal. That's kind of what storytelling is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's all the external stuff that got in the way of this 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 time, so. Yeah. Um, moving on, Tammy in South Carolina wrote, I found it hard to believe that Glenn got out in one piece, more or less, no scratches, bites, no injury at all. Or maybe that's what they want you to think. Oh, you think he's got a little bite on the tippy tip of his little tiny finger? And if he, maybe he doesn't even know. And if he did, he'd have to chew it off. But maybe... It's too late now. Maybe we're going to see... Yeah, it's too late now. But maybe we're going to see Glenn slowly start to get sick. Maybe since it's such a small bite, it's going to take a really long time for him to uh, get sick, die, and turn. You never know. That would be crazy. It would. All right, next we have Wendy in Vancouver. I know it may be a little far-fetched, but but hey, Glenn survived. I'm going to give the show a pass on this because out of all the characters besides Carol, Glenn has grown the most, and I've really enjoyed watching his development. Also, I think they may still kill him off. This might have been a test to see how we we react. Well, did we pass the test or did we fail the test? Uh, Well, it's not... It's not our test; it's their test. We're just a test audience. Well, we're they're testing the audience to see what we're going to do if they kill off uh, a character, a beloved character. And I, I'm just wondering, you know, did did we react the way they expected or not? I don't know. I think it's the sentiment is a little more negative than they had anticipated. <laughs> yeah, probably. personally, probably. <laughs> uh, thanks, Wendy. Next comes uh, next an email from Tim. In Attleboro, Massachusetts, United States of America, Earth. (laughs) Nice. Very specific. Tim writes, I'm sorry, but I have to get this off my chest. What the hell is going on with this show now? That was garbage. I'm getting the feeling that the producers and writers of the show are getting a little too into themselves and their popularity. The social media related to this show is getting in the way of the creative direction. Since when do walkers only bite your abdomen? Glenn had perfectly enticing legs and arms fully exposed to hungry walkers. The newly exclusively right-handed henchman from the last episode would have appreciated that new rule being enforced in his episode. (laughs) He walked within 10 yards of a trapped walker and was tractor-beamed into the zombie's grasp and promptly bitten. Glenn should have been covered in bites with the exception of his abdomen because he had St. Nick covering him. I wrote in once before and called Eugene an armored pierogi. I think Glenn needs a nickname. 
Teflon Glenn <laughs> doesn't yeah. doesn't really roll off the tongue. I'm sure the hive mind can do better. Oh yeah, the armored pierogi. I remember that. That was awesome. Yeah. So Tim was Tim uh, coined that term, and now he wants to give Glenn a nickname. So Teflon Glenn, very slippery. <laughs> very slippery. I like it. I'm I'm gonna think on that one. All righty. All right. So next we have Brian in Waterford, Ireland. OMFG, I was worried that they, would, that they wouldn't come up with an acceptable way for Glenn to escape. Now it seems that they didn't even try to come up with a believable way. Uh, it looks like he was only mostly dead. They jumped the shark. Uh, they went Saturday morning cereals. They went totally Dallas on us. Glenn may as well have hid uh, in a con- conveniently placed shower and come out next season wearing a sharkskin <laughs> coat. Every time Glenn spoke after this scene, I was screaming at the TV, shut up, you should be dead. If you're not eating her face off, I don't want to see you. I was so praying Enid would shoot him, but of course he wouldn't die and would probably only get mad. Uh, if and when Glenn does die, I will celebrate, screaming, about fucking time. <laughs> Of course, that will probably turn out to be his long-lost twin brother, and the real Glenn will turn out to be Rosita, unmasked by the Scooby-Doo gang or something. So, uh, Brian is really is really saying that this show has gone full soap opera. Full soap opera. It's Dallas. It is Dallas. I like all the comparisons or the... Do they uh, even have Saturday morning cereals anymore? Chris, you have kids. Um, Do they get up early in the morning on Saturday, eat cereal, and watch TV? Well, no. Well, I mean, sometimes they do, but uh, they don't watch TV the same way I did as a kid. Like like I said earlier, I didn't have like cable growing up, so we didn't have many channels, but they, there was there was kids programming on for me. I could get up in the morning, turn on CBC, and there'd be kids programming. In fact, they still do that, but it's not the same. I don't think it's the same sort of cartoons that we watched as kids. Right, like the Transformers and it's it doesn't uh, even go by our toys TV. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like. I mean, I guess that still exists, but it, it doesn't feel like the same format even now. There's like, you know, there's like a, a host, and they have bits in between the shows, and the shows are shorter and stuff like that. But, right. anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My kids get up in the morning now and like to play Minecraft, so it's a different nice. world. It is a different world. Good. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Brian meant by uh, uh, hiding in a conveniently placed shower and coming out next season wearing a sharkskin coat? Well, I think that is related to Dallas, and uh, um, they went totally Dallas on us, and then Glenn, yeah, hid in the shower. Okay, so it's a Dallas reference. I think it's a Dallas reference. Yes, I'm totally gonna watch Dallas. I've never watched Dallas. Well, in that case, b- based on your rules, we can't talk anymore about it because it would be a spoiler. What, because I haven't seen it? Because you haven't seen it. Remember your rules, if you've seen it. That's true. <laughs> so I think it's a Dallas reference. All right. Anyhow, thank you, Brian, for that. I'm sorry you were so disappointed. And, uh, you know, I hope you keep watching because it gets, well, I hope it gets better. I don't know. And, uh, and keep screaming at the TV because I know I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, In fact, if you do, if Glenn does die someday, what you need to do is turn on your phone like voice recorder <laughs> And uh, every time you're watching it, and that way when Glenn does die, you'll catch your about fucking time on on tape, and you can send it to us and we'll play it. Nice. (laughs) All right, next up, Tyler on the internet. I'm listening to the podcast right now where you're talking about how AMC should have handled Glenn's death outside of the show. My thoughts are that if they truly played up the fact that Glenn was actually dead, 
people on the internet would still be going crazy. Uh, still would have gone crazy. Probably the largest fan base uproar yet. I then think that if AMC surprised everybody that he was still alive, it would have been way worse. People would have then felt as if the writers came up with a way to put Glenn back in only to appease the viewers and then would have tainted the integrity of the show forever. Right. You know, I can see people feeling that way, but um, they just don't have the lead time for these types of things, right? Like episode seven was in the can, done, filmed, edited, ready to go long before any of this uproar came out, even though it was a month earlier. So they screwed up so badly that there was no way to save this. They were damned if they did and damned if they didn't and damned if they did it the other way. And that's why, you know, making TV shows is difficult. It's not an easy thing to do. You need to really, you know, spend your time writing the story, fleshing it out. You can't make it up as you go along because it'll just never work. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Next we have Caddy and Kerr in Stevenage, UK. So generally, Hubby and I are pretty bloody angry about the whole Glenn surviving thing. Way, way too easy. Seriously, not a single walker managed to drag him out from under that dumpster, and he easily killed them all without getting noticed, to the point where he ended up with a protective pile of them lying around, lying around the dumpster. Seriously, shut up. What a load of ru- rubbish. Hubs has threatened to stop watching the entire program. Script writing fail. Well, I don't suggest anyone stop writing. I mean, like I said before, this show has had, uh, watching, I mean, not writing, watching. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Always keep writing. Um, because this show has had so many good episodes compared to the ones that you don't like. You'd be, you'd be doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, think. think of this, uh, think of this podcast as, you know, worst case scenario, it's a support group. That's it's, right. It's for us to all get together and commiserate on the show. Even if it takes a big giant dump for the next four or five seasons, we'll still be here week after week getting through this crap together. That's 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 a great point. That's one of the things we do. We are going to be here. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. All the listeners, everybody will be here. Maybe we need to open up a, an internet forum or something like that. Yeah. It's a support group. <laughs> it is. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, Brett on the internet writes... Just a thought, when you two were discussing the holy crap did you see that moments, you mentioned how the zombies didn't go after Glenn's head, chest, and other body parts. Something I found a bit funny was at least they kept it somewhat consistent. By that I mean, when Glenn crawls out from under the dumpster, we catch a glimpse of him looking at Nicholas, and again when he grabs the gun next to his body. I may have been seeing things, but did it not look like a good part of Nicholas's body was still intact? It showed his face... When he looked at him, no bite marks or missing parts of it. And then we saw Nicholas's legs when he picks up the gun. I would think that most of his body would be completely gone considering how many zombies were around him. Hmm. Maybe zombies only like the, the yummy stuff in the torso and they don't go for the legs and the arms. And therefore the fact that Glenn's were exposed explains why they didn't uh, go after him. I have a theory. Sure. Uh, these uh, these zombies have all been hanging out in a quarry for a very long time. So, like, they came from the quarry, they were in a parade, they got distracted, they walked through the forest, and they ended up in this little town, and then they uh, basically cornered uh, Nicholas and, uh, and Glenn. So, maybe these particular zombies weren't hungry, maybe they were thirsty. 
and that the only <laughs> thing that they wanted was the the gooey parts of uh, of the people, the meaty, bony, uh, gnaw inducing parts. They didn't really want because they weren't that hungry. Really, they were just mostly thirsty because hanging out in a uh, a dry, dusty quarry for a, a couple of years really kind of you know parches <laughs> your throat. You think it would, yeah. Yeah, because I know that, uh, you know, we started feeding our cats uh, canned cat food because the vet told us that uh, most, you know, cats in the wild, they don't generally drink. They tend to uh, eat animals that are juicy and they drink the blood and, you know, they uh, they eat the, the moist uh, flesh to get, and then they get most of their, their liquid, you know, needs uh, met by that from fresh so meat. So we've yeah. been, yeah, we've been feeding them the wet cat food and adding a little bit of water, and they don't drink as their water as much because they don't need it. Mm-hmm. So maybe these zombies are just thirsty and they were just going for the juicy bits. It, might, it could be something like that. I mean, I don't know if zombies experience hunger and thirst the same way, but maybe they just needed to hydrate a little bit. Maybe they did. It's it's a it's a primal instinct, <laughs> a zombie <laughs> primal instinct. Yeah, maybe zombies aren't hungry at all. Maybe they're just thirsty. <laughs> they just really need a drink. They're just, they just need a drink. So then the whole idea of going near the water is probably a bad idea because once they figure out that there's water, that's where they're all going to go anyway. Yeah, well, they're confused because they want to drink from people. And what maybe, ha- they're, maybe yeah. they're vampire zombies. What happens if they drink salt water? I mean, that's not good for people. I don't but know. But they're zombies, so who maybe knows? If they, if they drink salt water, they'll just want a beer afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All right, where are we? We're at the friend of the show, Carl. That's right. All right. In the shot where Glenn climbed out from under the dumpster, holy crap, did you see how terrible the body nearest the camera was? I actually had to rewind the shot and just stared in shock at the half-assed deployment of a clearly fake body with a black jacket, with the black jacket. What exactly was it meant to be? A zombie? A person? Uh, where were its <laughs> Where were its feet or its legs, uh, yet it had trousers? <laughs> On a show that blows my mind in terms of special effects every week, this stood out really badly. Did you guys spot this one? The answer to that question, Carl, is no. I did not spot the really bad zombie, but I am definitely going to go back and look for him now. I'm uh, definitely going to load up the show right this damn minute and have a look around while, uh, Chris, you read the next episode. The next? Uh, yeah, you read uh, the next email. I'll uh, I'll read the next episode. Um, but anyways, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see the bad zombie there at all, but once in a while there is sort of a lame dummy looking, uh, zombie or body on the ground. Uh, I don't always notice it, but sometimes I do. And sometimes the effects, some of the practical effects are a little bit cheesy, like a couple seasons ago when Daryl, or no, was it Daryl or Merle steps on a guy's head and it's just a, <laughs> yeah, the nerf, a nerf the football nerf head. head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that happens, but, uh. You know, it's not too often. Yeah. Okay, well, if you're looking that up, I'm going to move on to Maria in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So this is a long one, everyone. Buckle in for this, too. Um, But uh, here we go. Maria says, Hi, Chris and Jason. I had to give my two cents on what y'all are calling the debacle, but I like to call it the Glen... Glenbiguity. Yeah. (laughs) Glenbiguity. While I understand your issues with the walkers not eating Glenn's face, his groin, legs, etc., I have thought this thing through, through at length, and I think some of us, I'm looking at you, Chris, lol, may be overreacting a bit. I present you, I present to you four reasons Glenn's escape isn't as shark jumpy as we may have originally thought. 
who i mean come on have i ever overreacted about anything never never <clears throat> all right maria number one glenn is the eternal go to town guy who always has gotten out of the most slippery situations ever since he gave up delivering pizzas he's a badass he's good you have to admit that no matter what amc had said or not said regarding his status or talking dead being all weird you would have uh, you would have thought that there had to be a way for Glenn to be alive anyway. He's freaking Glenn. It's just not supposed to end that way. Point number two. It's not as stupid as we thought. Okay, the not getting hurt falling on pavement with Nicholas falling on him, or the not getting bit part requires some suspension of disbelief. But when he slid under that dumpster and the zombies were trying to get him, he stabbed them. And as they collapsed, they created a barrier that hid him from the live ones. Point number three, I don't think Gimple and AMC did this all simply to screw with us. I believe there is a purpose behind what they did. Ultimately, they were trying to give us the same feeling that Maggie had and the others had to let us simultaneously experience the uncertainty and ambiguity of Glenn's fate. Perhaps they could have left out the statement and let us all wonder why he wasn't in the in memoriam section of Talking Dead. And finally, number four, I think we all need to take a deep breath and remember that we are picking nits out of a show that presupposes that zombies have taken over the planet. As we can, If we can suspend our disbelief for that, surely we can let someone we know to be a badass escape a really horrible situation. So that's a long email, and it contains many good points. Um, I sort of put it at the end uh, of the Glenn section of the feedback here anyways, just kind of as the last word. Um, but just really quickly, point number one about Glenn being the guy who, you know, always goes to town to get stuff. He's the guy that can get you things. Um, and just being generally really good at getting out of uh, slippery situations um, does make some sense. I mean, he's had practice with this kind of thing before. So he's good at it and he gets lucky and maybe that helped him in this case too. Right. And I think that line we draw between uh, the story and the production is important here, too, because Glenn absolutely could get out of this kind of situation. Like, he's been in sticky situations before, and he's mm-hmm. found a way to get out. If we just assume that if, uh, you know, luck is a stat that people have, and Glenn's luck is cranked up to, uh, you know, eight or nine or ten, out of 11. 10, uh, <laughs> then, uh, you know, he totally could get out of this. You know, just uh, all these zombies are piling on. It's like, oh, well, I guess they left my legs alone. I'll crawl under this uh, this dumpster. Hey, good thing I'll fit under there. Yeah, exactly. It's lucky that he didn't get bit. Boy, it's am I thirsty. He... I wish I had a drink. Uh, I can't find <laughs> one around here. If only one would drop out of the sky for me. Oh, look, here comes some water <laughs> from the roof of the yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. So he's lucky. That's okay. Point number two, um, he stabbed the zombies that were, were sort of piling around the the dumpster and they f- formed a barrier. Also a very good point, which I hadn't really considered too much before, but I'm glad they made a point on the show of, of showing us that because it wouldn't take that many bodies around the the dumpster to prevent other zombies from being able to reach in there. So, so you think good. he, if he had a knife in his hand, which he, I believe he did. He did. I think it was like on his person and he was able to pull it out and stab a few, you know, around him. So if he was just underneath Nicholas, already, you know, partially protected, do you think he could have started stabbing people in, or zombies in the head and, you know, getting, uh, getting them to pile on him? Maybe, but I think the less, 
arm flailing you do in that situation, the better. Like, I think scooching your way underneath the dumpster is probably a yeah. little bit uh, I'm just thinking less... if there wasn't a dumpster. Oh, if there wasn't a dumpster, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, that would have been his only option, right? Yeah. Or to play dead, or to try to get enough gore on himself and then just not move. Yeah. I don't know. That might have worked, too. I could have. Um, point number three, I mean, they just wanted us to feel the way the characters feel. I think they could have handled that a million times better, and, and Maria yeah. says it, you know, leave don't don't give so many sort of public statements after and this is back to your line between the production and the show they they failed in the production aspect of it maybe not necessarily the storytelling aspect yeah um and then point number four i mean come on she wants us to step back and suspend our disbelief that's just ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean who does that seriously yeah everything has to be based absolutely in reality yeah, I, I walk around all day in reality. When I watch TV, it's got to line up with that. Yeah, stupid reality. Yeah. All right, our next email comes from Patrick in Lutz, Florida, about 20, file, 20 miles north of Tampa. Patrick writes, Clearing out the zombie herd from Alexandria should be easy. There are actually two options. <laughs> I like the people who break down things into options. Here. Absolutely. Well, you know? bullet, bullet points are, and <laughs> lists are friggin' fantastic. I do it all the time in emails. Yeah. I love it. So here we go. Two options. Number one, Daryl's fuel truck should have an air horn. We just learned, or we learned he just has to blow the horn and they will come running towards it. No big explosions even needed. Although a big explosion would be a lot cooler. It would. Blow a freaking air horn and Honk that's your it. horn apparently yeah. is the answer to that, yeah. Yeah. And point number two, I... <laughs> I am sure there's a dumpster in Alexandria. So just roll it out into the middle of the herd, let Glenn crawl under it, and within 12 hours, all the walkers will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, that's the answer. Obviously. I mean, they, they set precedence on this show, right? And this is clearly one way to get rid of a giant herd of zombies, have Glenn yep. hide under a dumpster, and they'll just all wander off. Oh, you can't forget the can, though. The can has to roll by and... I'm sure someone in Alexandria could chuck a can off the wall and everything would be fine. Oh yeah, they got they got cans of uh, uh, beans. Was that what that what it was? Beans, corn, uh, you know, can of of uh, peas and uh, carrots. Peas and carrots, kidney beans, you know, uh, chickpeas maybe might even oh, work. Oh, chickpeas would work. Yeah. Always throw away the cans of chickpeas. I like chickpeas. I don't. I do not like chickpeas. Well, you're weird. I am weird. All right, next we have uh, Martha in Nashville, Tennessee. I just finished finished listening to your Heads Up podcast and enjoyed your thoughts and rant on Glenn's death and how the writers should have, should have handled it. Glenn is not the first character the writers made us believe might be dead and we didn't find out for a few episodes after uh, that character was really, if that character was really dead or not. Can you remember who this was? Judith. Right. So, and actually there's another one too. Um, so Judith disappeared from the car seat after the assault on the prison. Remember the baby seat? I do. And then we all thought she was dead and then she showed up alive because Tyrese had her. Yeah. Do you remember who the other one was that where we had a death fake out? That was the, uh, the barn scene where I'm trying to remember her name that came out of there. Well, that was Sophia, but that's actually not what I was thinking about. Well, we didn't know if she was alive or dead. You're right. But we didn't, uh, we didn't really see, I mean, we see, we saw her run off into the woods and then she didn't appear until she came out of the barn. So the assumption there or the hope there was that she was still alive. We didn't really have, I don't consider that to be a case where we had a strong indication that she was dead and then she was. 
Right. I'm thinking about Carol. There was a part where in the prison, in the catacombs underneath, Carol goes down there and she gets, I don't remember exactly the details, but she gets trapped down there. Remember, Daryl finds her. And he that was fa- where T-Dog died, right? He, was that the same time T-Dog died? I think so. It might have been, but Carol's down there. And then Daryl, he goes down, clears out some zombies. And this is when we all thought there was a big thing with Carol and Daryl, right? And uh, and then he psychs himself up to open the, the door, the cell door or whatever. And we all think it's going to be zombie Carol or at the very least a zombie in there. And he opens it up with his knife up and he goes in and he finds her alive. So that was like a Carol's dead, but oh, she's alive. It was a freak out or a fake out. So I think... Carol and Judith are the two where they've done this before. Um, But uh, in both cases, for some reason, it didn't bother me one bit. (laughs) Right. Never even factored in. That's because the production didn't fuck with your mind. That's what it is. They just let the story do the talking. Yeah. All right. That should be the motto from now on. Let the story do the talking. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Next is Dan in Durant, Iowa. I think Morgan has to either get on board with Rick's way of doing things or he has to leave. Having the philosophy that all life is precious is fine if you are the only one that it is going to affect. When you live in a community, you have to look out for all the people in that community. If you are only risking your life, you can believe anything you want. But as soon as you're in a group, the group has to come first. Oh, you think all life is precious? That's cute. Get out. That's cute, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, some lives are just a little more precious than others. Yeah. Right? So, uh, that's the problem. Um, uh, Morgan's philosophy here is putting everyone at danger, and it's not even like an assumed danger. The dude, the alpha wolf in that basement said, if I get out of here, I'm killing everybody. Yeah, that, it's a real live danger that uh, nobody knows about right now. That nobody knows about. Now, they may have other problems on their hands right now with the wall having been knocked down, but... Oh, yeah, Chekhov's church. Chekhov's church came crumbling down, and, uh, you know, Carol is just about to open the door to Alpha Wolf, and he might run out and, you know, maybe find a bit of a chaotic situation, but who knows what he will do in that situation. Yeah, it's going to be pandemonium. Pandemonium! Yeah. So, uh, next we have Anna in uh, Lily Manic. Yeah, that we had. I, I looked up. I looked up the pronunci- pronunciation. It's clearly manic. Okay, that's good, man. I like that one. Yeah. All right. There are too many storylines and characters this season, and each storyline is getting too diluted across episodes. Situations are not consistent, ringing true, or fulfilling their potential. Uh, where was Aaron in this episode? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been nice for him to have been with Maggie when she spotted the balloons after they bonded so much? I think Anna has a good point here, and there's there does seem to be characters who they drop in, they have some important bits and storylines, and then they just disappear for a while, and Aaron's a good example of that. But if Aaron was there, I think they would have been feeding in a little too much to the, like, Maggie and Aaron hit it off kind of thing, right? And yeah. she's waiting for Glenn, but oh, look, she's she's hanging out with a different dude. I don't know. Oh, that's fine. I mean, yes, it, of course it could be fine. But, you know, people read into stuff a lot. And, uh, you know, I think that's a big moment for for Maggie, seeing those balloons, obviously. But if Aaron was there, you know, it might have just been a little, a little too sort of, oh, look, Aaron's around and her new husband's coming back. What's going to happen now? Right. It should have been 99 red balloons. That's well, what I think. 
It's hard to come by 99 red balloons in the zombie yeah. apocalypse. Well, no, they had red balloons. Didn't they, they have orange? Of, they had orange. They Come on, red's a popular color. They could have found, if they found uh, helium tanks and, you know, bags of balloons, there there was red balloons. Ah, you're right. There's always red balloons. You can't have a bag of balloons without some red ones. Or, you know, I assume that they found individually colored bags. Like, oh, here's a bag of green. Here's a bag of orange. Oh, no bags of red. I guess somebody took all the bags of red balloons. Well, maybe they sold out. I mean, they are popular. Well, who knows? All right, next is Shannon in Louisville, Kentucky. Rick was such an ass through the whole episode. And the worst part of that was it was almost always for no reason. Everyone kind of loves to hate Father Gabriel right now, but there was no reason for Rick to petulantly tear his signs down other than petty schoolboy spite. There was no reason for him to exclude the handful of Alexandrians, Aaron, Heath, Tobin, Invisible Eric, Francine, maybe even Spencer, who would have had the guts and the ability to help. I can see why he was upset about Spencer, but then again, Spencer was right. Rick would never have listened to him because he's those people. The best moment of the episode was Tara giving him the finger. Thankfully, she wasn't the only one refusing to accept his nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) He was a dick in the whole episode. He was. Rick is kind of a dick. And, um, but I think he turned a corner here. Michonne convinced him. She said, come on, man, you got to let these people in. You got to start letting them help. And, you know, now's the time. And he nodded. So I think he's coming around. That's true. And to be honest, after next week... With the zombies invading <laughs> Alexandria, who knows how many of them are going to be left anyway? That's true. That's very true. Uh, so the moral of this story is that if you think somebody's being a dick, give them the finger. He'll come around. They'll come around. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, employ that finger wisely. That's right. All right. Next we have Danny in Ricelip, UK. When are they going to assign someone competent to guard the armory? It seems like they have hundreds of guns and weapons, and no one is really guarding it. Anyone can just stroll in and take whatever they want. Plus, the idiot that they do have watching it is reading a book. Unless that book is called How to Guard Stuff Better, I honestly can't (laughs) accept how our experienced group of survivors would allow this to happen. Surely one of the first and most important things to do is be able to, to secure your weapons. But maybe they're just a little too trusting of everybody inside the walls. That's my uh, that's my first thinking was that they really haven't had uh, the harsh uh, real world uh, shit that the that our survivors have gone through. Right? They've lived in a kind of a a weird utopia mm-hmm. where they didn't need guns. They didn't need to learn how to use guns. They didn't need to have them on them, uh, you know, armed all the time. So they just had them in storage. And that's where they stayed. Nobody needed them. They didn't really need to guard them. Right. But I think Danny's point is all the survivors, Rick and the gang, showed up and they're still not guarding them. Like Rick, one of his things should be, we need someone guarding those guns because you never know what can happen. And instead, they're busy, you know, watching the walls and doing other stuff. But they need to assign someone better than, um, well, I, can, I, can, I can never remember her name. Idiot. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um but she's there and she's sort of guarding, managing the food and the weapons and uh, mostly reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they, uh, maybe uh, Rick and the gang and especially Carol didn't want somebody competent guarding the 
uh, the weapons because they wanted to be able to get them when they wanted. Yeah. They knew that uh, book reading idiot was in there and all you could do, all you needed to do was distract her by rolling a can of peas down the hallway hmm. and she would turn her head and go, what's going on over there? That can seemed to have gotten loose from the can pile. I better go look at it and pick it up and take about 15, 20 minutes to put that back where it belongs. do de do do And meanwhile, Carol and everybody comes in and steals all the weapons. That's exactly what Carol would want. That's true. And they did try to steal weapons earlier on. Um, interesting bit of congruity there, where zombies distracted by a can rolling away, <laughs> and what's-her-name distracted by cans falling on the ground. Right. Next, we're going to see zombies reading books. Oh, my goodness, but... That book might be called "How to How to Guard Stuff Better," <laughs> or how to uh, how to chew on bones. How to, to really get the uh, the juiciness out of the marrow? Yeah, maybe. How to avoid eating a man's groin <laughs> and upper torso? <laughs> oh, I hadn't considered that. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's why they didn't want to eat Glenn's groin because that's weird, <laughs> and everybody knows it. <laughs> Just because that's weird. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, just not right. That's the last part you eat. Right? You got to be really hungry. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's not like I would eat that part of a chicken or a cow or a pig. It's just, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. It's weird. (laughs) I don't care what the gender is. I really don't. (laughs) No, that's true. All right. Let's move on to the next email here. It's Rob from London. He says, what's up with Deanna's plans for Alexandria. They look like something your kid would bring home from nursery school, only without pretty colors. Maybe there are no crayons in the town. Let's see if it turns up on Michonne's fridge in a future episode. (laughs) Yeah. Look, Daddy, this is where I want to plant maize. (laughs) This is where the granary is going to be, and this is where we're going to have wheat. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, good stuff. At least she's trying. Come on. That's true. All right, next we have John in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, in regard to the conversation between Rick and Deanna, when he says he saved Spencer because he's her son and she responds, wrong answer, I think the only way to interpret this is that Deanna believes that deep down Rick is a much more of a morally centered person than he will admit to. She believes him, believes in him and believes that he cares about everyone in Alexandria, with the possible exception of Gabriel. The fact that Rick didn't sacrifice Spencer to, uh, to escape for a vehicle tells us that there is still a difference between him and Shane. Shane would have let Spencer die without hesitation for the greater good. Rick has definitely changed from the beginning of the show, but at his core, he's still the guy that wants to help others before himself. Right. But I don't understand how that makes her response of wrong answer uh, kind of weird because he's saying I wanted to help. Like, I helped him because he's your son. He's saying I helped, you know, someone I care about uh, before sort of the, the, the group, the greater good. I had an opportunity, but I didn't take it because we had to save the life of one person. Which seems to be, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that's what it actually is going on. But I don't think I still quite get how wrong answer uh, fits with that. Because it sounds like she's saying, yeah, you did that. That's great. But you shouldn't have put the life of one person over the well-being of the group. Yeah. What would Spock say? For crying out loud. Yes. You always, he, he always says to, uh, 
What does he say? The good, the good of the many right. outweighs. Oh, sorry, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few right. or the one. Not a Star Trek guy, as you can probably guess. <laughs> uh, I am a Star Trek guy. Yeah. So and my friend Derek is a Star Trek guy. Every time he watches Wrath of Khan and uh, Spock dies, oh no! Spoiler alert: Spock dies at the end of Wrath of Khan in 1982. Uh, he cries every time. He's a sensitive dude. He is a sensitive dude and a Star Trek guy. Yeah, all right. Thank you, John, for your email, though. Next, uh, you read that one, right? I did. Next is Kristen in Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to talk about the church steeple falling. I don't think it fell solely from the damage inflicted by the truck. It's on the outside of the wall, right? Along with the herd of walkers. So maybe the truck damage started the steeple's demise, but the herd of walkers pushing up against it probably expedited its falling. And would also explain why it fell toward the wall, as the walkers are all pushing up against the wall. Remember back when everybody was at Herschel's farm and there was another herd? There was concern that the herd would level Herschel's house. So it makes sense that a herd could knock down an already damaged church steeple. It would. It would. Now, it didn't look to me like there were that many zombies around it, but maybe I was, I'm misremembering. Uh, And either way, a giant herd of zombies like coming, pushing against anything is going to uh, put pressure on it. And like Kristen says, that thing was already half destroyed anyways, so maybe it just needed another little tap, and down it goes. Yep, that's true. Very good. All right, next we have Jennifer in Orange, the city, not the fruit. I agree that there are plenty of ways to make death look like an accident in the zombie apocalypse, but there is no way for Ron to make it look like an accident if he shoots Carl uh, with a gun he's not supposed to have bullets for. Oh, I accidentally tricked Olivia so I could get bullets, and whoops, I shot Carl. Just doesn't work. Olivia. Her name's Olivia. Olivia. Yes, not idiot. It's Olivia. Olivia slash idiot. Yes. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's pretty hard to shoot a guy by accident with a gun that you have no ammunition for. Yeah, it happens all the time, though. It does? I didn't know it was loaded. What the hell? Well, yeah, okay. Not knowing it's loaded, that's fine. I don't know where the bullets came from. Carl must have friggin' loaded it to try and get me into trouble with Rick because I wasn't supposed to have bullets. And that that works. I guess so, maybe. And then I was, uh, (laughs) I didn't know it was loaded, so I was dry firing it. And I really hate that Carl guy, so I was dry firing at his head uh, just because, uh, you know, I wanted to be passive aggressive. And uh, it just went off. And it just went off. I have no (laughs) idea how. Okay. Yeah. All right, so there is a scenario for everything, at least yeah. in your mind. <laughs> I can justify anything. Somehow. Next up, Connie in Connecticut. Hey, guys, I think you missed an alternate analysis of the scene between Carol and Sam. Sam asked Carol if killing made you a monster. She said that sometimes you need to kill so you don't become one. She never says that you have to kill people, by the way. But you are right that she doesn't know why he's asking. I think the reason he asked was that he knows his mom killed someone on the first floor of his house. He is concerned that this somehow turned his mom into someone like his dad, a violent, abusive monster. What Carol said, I think, was accidentally the perfect answer for him to be okay with his mom's action. His mom is no monster. True. Yes, it is. It makes so much sense, but I just don't think that a kid at his age has the mental capacity to parse out those sorts of feelings and uh, from what she said. And at the end of the day, she said, kill or you become a monster. And that's, yeah. that's not the right thing. Well, I, I, I think what, uh, what Connie is saying is that she accidentally gave him the answer he needed. Or, yes. I mean, she gave him maybe the right answer, but 
I don't think it's the one he needs. You know what I mean? Like he's going to yeah. misinterpret that, which yeah. will be problematic. So it's it's a complicated subject. Like killing is wrong, but it's okay in certain circumstances. But it depends on the circumstances, and you may not know if it was the right thing or the wrong thing until afterwards. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. again, a child can't understand that. In fact, most grown-ups can't understand that. I have a hard time with that. Absolutely. I do something, I get into trouble. I ask, is there any way for me to do that and know if it's okay? No, not until afterwards. No. Like, well, how am I supposed to know? It's like, well, I, if after I get mad, then it was wrong. You're going to have to do it and find out. Yes. And that's, you know, I mean, maybe this will just all go nowhere. We've talked about it for like a half an hour over two podcasts for nothing, but... It was there, and I think something's going to happen with yeah. poor little Sam. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I think it's over. <laughs> All right, fine. Who knows? Uh, where are we? Next is uh, Sean from New York. I'm extremely concerned with the fate of one of my favorite characters, Tara, in the mid-season finale next week. With more emphasis placed on her in the last few episodes, uh, the fact that the actress is pregnant and, uh, and the tease we got from her uh, in danger this week... Uh, I fear the next week's episode, she's almost guaranteed, in my opinion, to meet a grisly death as one of the few major characters lost in this half season. I don't see anyone else mentioning this, but it seems obvious to me. So Tara's going down, apparently. I could. Yeah. I mean, if if the zombie, if the zombies coming into Alexandria through this giant hole in the wall is that big of a problem, which I have to assume it is. Like, Alexandria is going to fill up with zombies. There's no way they can kill them fast enough coming through that wall to prevent them from really getting in, right? Right. So I have to assume that there is going to be mass panic, mass chaos. They're going to try to deal with it. People are going to be hiding in houses. Others are going to be running around outside, you know, killing zombies. But... There's no way that somebody or maybe multiple people aren't going to be get killed by these zombies in the mid-season finale. Well, yeah, somebody's got to die. Somebody's like, going to die. And Tara, maybe? I don't know. I mean, she's she's sort of a secondary character of the main group of characters, and you know, those ones those ones tend to die. So could be, could be her. Could be um, Gabriel, could be Eugene. Yep. Could be. There's there's a whole group of them there that that I don't really feel safe for right now, based on what's about what apparently is about to happen. Glenn's um, fine though, right? Well, Glenn's got to live. He, like they're not just going to kill him off the next episode. No, and he's outside. The zombies are going in, and he's outside. So he's probably going to see this and want to know or try to come up with a way to help. Um, but. Who knows what's going to happen? If anything, he'll just wait it out out there and see see how yeah. see how all that plays out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. So we'll see. I mean, I like Tara. I hope she doesn't go down. And and Tara just found a girlfriend too. So you know, oh, that would be sad. I didn't. I hadn't considered that. Tara and and Denise, Doctor Denise. So yeah, um, that would be sort of sad. But if, you know, I'm not going to make a list here of who I think is going to die because, frankly, uh, I don't want to. But um, <laughs> Tara, Tara is a good candidate, I'd say. Yeah. All right. Just two more emails. Next one is Tony in New Jersey. I think Rick was screwing boards back into pre-existing spots. The boards could have been knocked out by the fence, uh, by the force of the truck hitting the wall. And it looked like Rick and Tobin were lining up to pre-drilled holes. So there you go. Drilling screw, screws into metal, um, while pretty difficult, 
if not impossible, may have been okay here if there were holes already drilled in the metal. Weren't all the supports on the outside of the wall, though? Yeah, but I mean, I think it's a bit of a makeshift wall. So there could have been spots where there's there's wood on the inside, right. whatever, you know. And if the wall was damaged at some point by a truck hitting it, then uh, they were repairing it. Oh, well, there you go. And it makes sense. So the, the secret is pre-drilled holes. Pre-drilled holes. And maybe right. when they were building that wall, you know, they had power and drills and working batteries and stuff, so... Well, they have uh, solar power. They can go to the nearest Home Depot and pick up a couple of power drills, yeah. plug in the uh, the batteries, and away you go. Well, that's it. Maybe So maybe they, they would have done that. Well, yeah, they should have. They should have. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Why didn't they have power tools? I don't know. The batteries were dead, and they were charging them up. And Rick didn't want to waste any time, so he was doing it by too hand. Making too much noise. Making too much noise, except he used yeah. a hammer. I don't well, know. Well, there's one thing with a hammer, and the next thing is a, is a, is a circular saw, right? Well, that's or you true. got a table saw going or something like that. That's, uh, that's a bit much. Saws are loud. Saws are loud. All right. All right. Uh, last email is from Katie in Blackwood, New Jersey. Normally, I don't watch AMC's, the, uh, sorry, AMC's Talking Dead show, but they had an interview with Steven Yun, and I wanted to see that I wanted to see. Uh, after sitting through the whole episode, I really want to emphasize how much you guys and the other listeners actually seem to uh, appreciate the show, but are capable of being critical when things uh, seem off or just plain stupid. Chris Hardwick, Hardwick is a huge kiss ass and is such <laughs> a super, has such a superficial view of everything, though I give him a bit of a uh, break because he's forced to appeal to the masses. So thanks, guys, for having such a great podcast, and thanks to my fellow listeners for having feedback that goes beyond the boring, shallow, 140-character-long tweets. Well, thank you, Katie. And I, I wanted to put that in here because, uh, you know, she, 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 yeah, she's kind of blowing our horn a little bit, which uh, it makes me very happy, and I'm, I'm grateful. But she also thanks all the listeners, and I don't know if that's something we do as often as we could, because we do obviously have the greatest listeners in the world. Well, yeah. They write in, they call in, they're just totally engaged and on board and love having conversations. And, uh, you know, it's, I thought Katie, you know, put that, put that nicely. So, uh. I don't say it very often, but our, our listeners are wicked awesome. Wicked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty awesome. That is the most awesome you can get. That is the wickedest awesome possible. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, thanks, Katie, for that. And thanks to everybody who writes in and calls in and just listens. It's really great. Um, and this reminds me of something. And it's something I haven't talked about in a very, very long time. But we used to talk about once in a while. And that is uh, iTunes reviews. If you oh, really, yeah. If you really love what we're doing, go to the iTunes store, Canadian one, US one, UK one, wherever you are. And uh, leave us some some star ratings on there. I, I recommend five, but, you know, really, it's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's... It's a nice know, round number. It's how many fingers you have, generally. right, on one hand. On one hand, yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's easy to count, too. Uh, there's, you know, five five is a good number, so... It's how many fingers are in a knuckle sandwich? That's right. See? One, two, three, four, five. That's knuckle ex- sandwich. That's exactly how many are in it. Um, unless you had to chew a finger off because it got bitten by a zombie, then you might have a four-finger knuckle sandwich. You might, but that uh, you'd have to qualify it, right? You don't say it's a knuckle sandwich. You say it's a four-fingered knuckle sandwich, and somehow that's cooler. 
It really kind of is, actually. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, that's that's all I wanted to say. Um, so, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, everyone who wrote in. It's uh, fantastic to hear from you. Coming up next on the podcast, uh, we'll be back on Monday when we recap the season mid-season finale, and then of course we will have our Wednesday show next week, a week from tonight. Uh, where we do the feedback for that one, and there'll probably be lots of feedback for that as well. And uh, just so everyone knows, I have a dentist appointment that morning, so hopefully nice. I can still talk when we are uh, recording the podcast that evening. Oh, mine's on the 9th, which is a week from Monday. Oh, look at that. Our dental appointments are lining up. Yeah. One more quick thing before we go here, and I will maybe remind everyone of this uh, on the next two shows because they both happen before this does, but I'm going to Walker Stalker Con in New York, New Jersey slash New York, uh, in a week and a half. That You're going? I am going, yes. That's awesome. It runs from December, Friday, December 4th to Sunday the 6th, I guess that is. And uh, I'll be there for most of it, at least on the Saturday and the Sunday. Uh, I don't fly in until when uh, I fly in on the Friday, so I might miss some of that. But it should be fun. So I'll be hanging around Walker Stalker Con and, um, you know, saying hi to people and meeting people. And if you're a listener and you want to say hi, I recommend doing that. Now, there's one caveat here. I'm bringing a sidekick with me. And I'm afraid it's not Jason. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm bringing one of my kids. You, which, you're bringing one of your kids. Yeah, I'm bringing my older daughter, Sophie. So um, I figure she's eight years old, so and not into The Walking Dead. She doesn't watch it. She's not old enough or prepared for it. But I thought, you know, a zombie conference and a daddy-daughter trip might be a fun, a fun thing to do. Is she going to get in on the panels? Well, I'm probably not going to do any panels because I can't leave her alone. And I, I know a lot of people down there, but no offense, anybody. I, I don't know if I'd be comfortable leaving her with, with anybody. Not because I don't trust you, but just you never know, right? So I likely won't do any panels. And if I do end up doing a panel, she'll probably be up there on stage with me. So nice. I think that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I think it would. The only problem with it is... I'm not 100% sure she would want to do that. And I don't want to put her in any sort of situation where she's uncomfortable uh, or unhappy. Certainly not like that, right? I mean, yeah. that's not something I want to do. So I may or may not be doing panels, but that doesn't mean I won't be hanging around and she'll be there with me and uh, I'll be hanging out with all the Walker Stalker Con people and everybody we know. So it should be really, really fun. And then we're going to take some time to go see a New Jersey Devils game and go into Manhattan and go to the park probably uh, and do a few other things, probably go to the, the big toy store, stuff like that. Uh, so what what uh, it was FIO Schwartz, what is it now? Well, I don't know, but I know there's the giant Toys R Us in uh, Times Square, which is pretty oh, yeah. impressive. There's a big yes, Ferris wheel in there. There's a huge Lego display in there. Well, yeah, I've seen, I've been in there a few times and I've seen the Lego stuff. So we'll go check that out. We'll probably go to the, some other stuff on Times Square. What's the chocolate? Is it Hershey's or M&M's oh, yeah, store? Oh Hershey's store. That yeah. one. I mean, she'll be into that. And then we'll walk around a bit. We might go to uh, Central Park a little, maybe go to the zoo in there. Um, anyways, we don't need to go through all the stuff we're going to do. <laughs> the point is I'll be in uh, New Jersey for Walker Stalker Con and uh, you know, say hi. That's uh, it's going to be a good time. Um, yeah, so that is it. I'll mention that again maybe in a week, um, but uh, it should be good. So 
That's going to do it for this episode of The Talking Dead. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our website, talkingdeadpodcast.com, and click on send voicemail to record a message right into your computer. Seems like it's been working pretty well lately. A lot of the, all the messages we got at the beginning of this episode were recorded that way. I oh, think. way to jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> um, you can uh, send your emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead or on Twitter at talking dead. Uh, and if you are the owner of at the talking dead on Twitter, please give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. You, you said please. I did say please. You know, that's that's all it takes usually. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, everybody. Until Monday when we talk about the midseason finale. Uh, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao. I am I am so ready. I am Captain Stubing ready. I am the leader of the love boat ready, my friend. <laughs> it's pretty ready. Come uh, aboard. I think. I don't We're, know what that we've means. We've been but expecting sure. you. <laughs> <laughs> to go on a three-hour tour? No, that's a different oh, show. That's, that's Gilligan's Island. Good old Gilligan's we, Island. We covered the love boat theme song, and I think we might have done the Gilligan's Island theme song, song too at one point. Uh, we did the, we did the Gilligan's Island theme song, I think. The love Sit boat. right back and hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Yeah, I think we did that. Nice. It seems we had familiar. We a horn section, so uh, love boat seemed appropriate. Right, right, right. <clears throat> the love boat. <laughs> How did the Good Dallas times. theme go? It's got, it's got. To the be. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Dallas. There, there we go. Too many, too many piccolo. Oh yeah, gets real groovy though. Susan Howard. Steve Canali. <laughs> One point disco. I didn't realize it was so disco. 1.9 million views on this video. Oh, Victoria Principal. It's good stuff. Do you recognize this? <laughs> oh, God, this is good. It's got to be chips. You got it. We should, this podcast idea right here, you play theme songs from 70s and 80s television shows and I try and guess them. <laughs> That's a great idea. The audience can participate somehow. I know my theme songs. The, the bonus is I get to watch the videos that are playing on YouTube. I love chips when I was a kid. Loved it. John and Ponch. Hawaii Five O? No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, it is Hawaii. It is. You got it. <laughs> Hawaii Five O. Here's a hard one. Oh, that's Rockford and Fo Rockford Files. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's amazing. 
<coughs> oh, that's that was sweet. my that was my ringtone for a while. <laughs> the phone ringing. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me pick one more here. Uh, no, I can't do that. You'll know that one. I like this. It's a great song. Simon and Simon? Dude, how do you how do you pull these out, man? Amazing. Oh, I love Simon and Simon. I used to watch that with my mom when, when I was a kid. I was going to say when we were kids. I guess we were. She was probably like 25 and I was 5 or 6 or something. Right. That is incredible that you got that. I, I've never heard this song before. Okay, there's no way you're getting this one. All right. Oh, that is uh, <laughs> he's a stunt man I'm trying to remember the name of the show uh, it stars uh, Lee Majors oh my god so uh, fine uh, crap I forget the name of the show I, for the record I've never heard of this show Really? It's, but you got uh, the actor. Uh, he was married to Farrah Fawcett for a while. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to say the name of it. Not, no, he's not going to say the name of it. It's, uh, what's the name of the show? I know that I know the show. I just forget the name. The Fall Guy. The Fall Guy. That was it. <laughs> oh my God! This is fun. I can do this all night. <laughs> Greatest American Hero. Yeah, I know that one for sure. That is incredible. I know them all. <laughs> you clearly do. <laughs> and then, of course, there is our favorite of all time. You can probably guess this one before I even play it. Oh, WKRP. Weather today in the great yeah. Cincinnati WKRP. area. WKRP. They're solid plastic. Oh, that one is uh, Jefferson's. <laughs> Jefferson's. That one's easy. There is no show you don't know. This is well, incredible. did you know that the uh, you've you've watched the Jeffersons, right? No, you've never seen the Jeffersons. I never had cable growing up, so I did not watch a lot of TV. All right. Well, there was the Jeffersons. George and Wheezy had a neighbor. Uh, it was a white man married to a black woman. Yeah. The black woman is Lenny Kravitz's mother. No kidding, really. The actress. That is, uh... Oh, this is one I would get. This is a show I did watch. That's either Growing Pains... You're close. Or... Oh, I'm surprised. This is the stumper. It is the stumper. That's because it's not a detective-based television show. (laughs) Right. I'm thinking Growing Pains. No, that wasn't. Uh, what was the one with Michael J. Fox? Yeah, that's it. Family Ties. Family Ties. And that this this one? That was Family Ties. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, these are getting tougher. No, I thought you'd get this one right away. We've talked about this one on the podcast. No. It's either Murder, She Wrote or Matlock. Yep. Matlock. <laughs> Matlock. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, here's one I might have got, too. That's, uh... <laughs> Barney Miller? No! No! Starring Harry Anderson. Karen Austin. Oh, man, I recognize Gail Strickland. Here we go. Here's the John Larroquette. Oh, it's Night Court. It's Night Court. All right. (laughs) Okay, one more. (laughs) All right, and that's it. Okay. Come on, sound. Uh, Laverne and Shirley. That one's easy. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. All right, let's let's do a real show here. All right. 